This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Tracy Morrow, the host and MC for John Maxwell's Live to Lead live annual leadership event. And as a Beachbody coach and trainer, you may know her for her electric bright white smile that immediately warms your soul. Tracy's passionate about adding value to others, and she's using her upcoming 50th birthday as a way to show others the power of reflection. Tracy is definitely a leader that knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. There are many people to thank for the visibility of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 new Airstream mobile podcast studio. Christie's Design and Sign, located in Greenwood, Indiana, is one of the companies. We chose to include Christie to help us create the right messaging and visibility for our new mobile studio. Christie's Design and Sign can help you with your graphic and messaging needs for many projects. If you want a company that goes above and beyond for your business needs, choose Christie's Design and Sign. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Tracy Morrow, thanks for being on the program. Oh, it is my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Yep. Many people may see this in the listing and go, Tracy Morrow, now is that iced tea? (laughs) 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 So this is the real Tracy. This is the Tracy with an I because you're all about intention, girl. Right. That's right. I like that. Oh, man. I, I love you. I follow you. I first met you. And when I went to the Live to Lead with John Maxwell down in Atlanta, it's an event that you are the MC of. And yes. so many people that have followed me have been like, oh, John Maxwell, John Maxwell. But you make this run. You're like the key production person because oh, you... Oh, gosh, so nice. <laughs> you do. You, you are so kind. You, you make it happen. And, and so, uh, you know, you do many, many things. Uh, you're a coach. You're, you are part of the beach body. Um, people know that from health and fitness. And you have many uh, layers to your life, I will say. And, yes. and we reconnected because of my show 50 and 50. And you're getting ready to turn 50. I am. In May of 2020, I will turn 50. Oh. <laughs> it's, weird to, it's weird to even say it. Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's the big number. 
But you look 20. So. Oh, thank you. Thank but you. you. I don't know about that. Well, you keep yourself so fit because you've understood, like, through this process, there are so many things sure. as, a, as a health coach, um, you know, and keeping fit and keeping John Maxwell fit <laughs> and, and doing all these great things. You've had a process here over the last uh, few weeks, few months about lessons that you've learned through your life. And, and so yeah. I've loved these, if people, people need to follow you and connect you on Instagram and Instagram TV, because what you're learning, I want to talk to you about those things that you've learned as you reflected a big thing in, in leadership is reflecting on your life. Right. And so can you talk about the things that you've learned that are like those aha moments? Oh gosh, there are so many, you know, um, I guess some of the, the the biggest pieces were that I that there is no one right way to be, and I really I you know that I I when we took a personality test for the first time and a love language test, all those kind of things that kind of help you identify how you are. I think that was a huge light bulb moment for my husband Casey and I. We will have been married uh, for 29 years this October. Congratulations. And Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it was, we love each other madly. We always have, but it it was really hard, you know, because we are very different and we came to the marriage from very different backgrounds. I just um, am finishing writing my very first book on marriage. And so, because I was just wanted, we've learned so much about ourselves and what makes us work that I just want to share that. And so when we started taking these, you know, personality tests and love language tests and strength finders and all of that, you know, that's a lot of language John uses, Florence Littower's book, Personality Plus. Of course, now there's the Enneagram. But I feel like that was a huge aha moment for me because whether you had, you know, as you come to marriage or you just grow up and you become an adult, you might have ideas of the gender roles within a marriage and what that looks like or what your family looked like and what you think your family should look like and kind of wrestling with if it looks different, is that okay? And I I think we just had such a hard time because we're both radically different. And, And then we're, you know, he's very different from my dad and I'm more like my dad. And he's more like my mom, mm-hmm. just to kind of look at the personalities. And so for me, it was, it was a it was flip-flop. The way our marriage works is different, totally a flip-flop from how hi, my parents worked. And so that was so freeing for me, even as a leader of my, in my own home, of my six children, because we have six kids. And uh, just to, that right there, I feel unleashed me, unlocked me to truly step into who am I and how can I become the best version of myself? And that's when I was 21. I chose John Maxwell. I heard he was this great guy, pastor coming out of the church and into the business world. And he was, someone told me he was the man to listen to. And he handed me a cassette tape and said, listen to this guy. And he would give me a cassette tape every now and again. Of course, back then there's, you know, because I'm almost 50 back when I was 21, that's 1991. There was no Amazon. There was no internet. It was Either you either bought a book, borrowed a book, or someone handed you a cassette tape, mm-hmm. and that was even pre-CD. And so I started listening to John, and I felt like that he was a somebody who spoke my language. He spoke to my heart, and I just picked him to be kind of my lifelong teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and when you are 21 years old and you think about mentors, you know, did you understand what a mentor was? 
Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it wasn't the language. Now it's such, it's, it's a very common language. All my kids, my adult kids, my youngest is 20, almost 21. And then I've got a 23, 25, and 26-year-old. They all are picking mentors. They have mentors. They get that language. But back then, nobody talked about it. I've really called it my teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to pick this guy to be my teacher. I'm going to learn from him because I didn't graduate from college. I went and got my license to do hair and skin. And so uh, I thought, well, if I'm not going to go to college, I need to educate myself, and I'm going to pick this guy. <laughs> Great decision, 21-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what an influence, you know, over the hundreds of books that he's written and over your lifespan, yeah. right, the lessons that you've learned through John's teachings. And, and so for many people today, you know, your six kids, your 29 years of marriage, all this success – and you have this this uh, legacy of now significance because you get to add value to hundreds of thousands of people. And for people that don't know you, the John Maxwell event can't go on without you at Live to Lead because you are up <laughs> in front and the simulcast for hundreds of these facilities and churches and organizations all over the country and the world that are broadcasting this event And speakers come in and they talk about the laws of leadership and their personal and professional development through leadership and Mm -hmm. the impact that that has. And there's Tracy with her bright smile and your confidence that you've learned and you've practiced since you were 21 years old to do this. Yeah. Thank you. You were were designed to do this. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, it, it really did feel like coming into agreement with how I was designed. And, and it's it, like when I said it unlocked me, it literally unlocked me. I felt the freedom to step into how I was created and called to live my life and to be. And what I started very small, like I said, I was 21. I hadn't gone to college. I got married very young. I was 20. I had my first baby when I was 22, almost 23. And so at that point, what was my influence? My influence were the children that I was having in my home. And so I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I started, I really used John's books truly as like parenting to create a culture. I had a vision for, for my family. I had a culture of, that I wanted our family. Our, my intention was to have the culture within our home to be stronger, especially as they got up to teen years, than the culture outside of our home. And that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. And so there were things that needed to be building blocks that needed to be put in place that I just started really practicing with the first people, gosh, who better do you want to influence than your own kids? You know, I'm always amazed at people who strive for success outside the home and lose the time with their kids. And for me, I don't say that in a judgmental way because I understand that some people have to be outside of the home because they're doing it all themselves. But when it, when if there are times, key times, when when those building blocks of the infrastructure of your the, the culture of your family are being built, that really take intentionality. And so I just started practicing with my kids. You know what I was reading, I would share with my husband, and we would talk about it, and we'd plan and and talk. And then I slowly started to get involved in our community through my kids' schools and through the sports events in our in our community, and then through our church, we became you know leaders in youth ministry and then I led the women's ministry and then I was on the board. And so it just every step of the way, I felt like it, it wasn't like all of a sudden I started doing something grandiose. It was really the consistent 
basic steps of leading myself well and showing other people how to do the same and really loving and caring and looking for ways to add value to them that really kind of opened up each door. Mm -hmm. And as John teaches us, right, it's those daily Mm -hmm. steps. It's not what you do just in a day you change. It's what you do daily that matters. And that's so important for people that have not experienced personal growth or have said, well, I'll do that tomorrow, or that's on my list, or, you know, I'm going to get a buddy to do that with me, or, you know, whether it's when you're in health coaching, right, losing weight, getting on an exercise plan, eating healthy, you know, doing those things intentionally, but it can be as little as like cleaning out your garage, right? <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. You know, it would, even if it's just a few little things, like I, I, I jokingly say this, but this is what I always lead with when people are like, I don't know, I, I want to bring order to my life, but it seems like so many areas. I need to lose weight. I need to change the way I eat. I need to start incorporating in personal development. I say, you know what? The first thing I want you to do, make your bed. Every day, make your bed because that one small thing brings a little order into your life and it's accomplishment. And you know what? Even when the stress inside your brain or the stress outside of your brain gets too much, you can go into that space and find a nice, tidy, organized, made bed. And so to me, that's a great starting place. My mom used to always say, you know, a good day starts with a made bed. And and that really sticks with, with me because it's not as hard as we make it. It really, it, the thing about personal development is that it levels the playing field. You don't have to have a high education. You don't have to have multiple degrees. I don't have any of that. You just have to have a passion and a desire to just track down and track down your growth and pursue it relentlessly and, and choose it for yourself, even if that isn't the way your life started out. That's what I really love about that is truly any person can improve their life, and it starts with a made bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But it's so it's so true. The powerful, you know, the graduation speeches that we hear from from some of these military groups and they talk about that. Right. It it is the same thing. But if you practice it and you teach your kids, you know, your six kids that you've influenced now to go out into the world and say, just do this. That's all you have to do. Just start your day off like this. Yeah. 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 It's not as difficult as we make it. So talk, talk to me about, you know, 21 years old is, is pretty young. Even though you're married, you've got John Maxwell now as a, as a mentor that you didn't really understand all that, but you were like connected to it, your soul connected yeah. to it. And so yeah. tell me about, you know, some of the things that you might have gone through struggling in your life that you really turned to the material and, and really thought into and it really helped you through a situation. Okay, so one of them, one of the things I heard, and it was, you know, I heard John before I read John, and so that was that little cassette tape. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he was saying on that cassette tape was that he, you know, to really notice people and try to try to uh, bring something to their day, add value to them, get ask for their name, ask how their day is going. If you have an idea to, you know, or a thought about somebody, compliment them, say a word of encouragement to them. And, you know, when you're young, I was 20, I, what, what I was probably 26. I'd been a youth pastor for three or four years. I had three kids by the time I was 26. I also was a hairdresser. So I, in order to stay home, I cut hair out of my home or I would travel to people's homes who had a bunch of kids and I would cut their whole family's hair in their home. It was great, great gig. Mm -hmm. But I found that I was in my youth, there was a lot of 
black and white in the way that I saw life. You know, I was kind of a choleric type A personality. And so I knew way more back then than I know today. (laughs) And by that, I just mean, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had all the answers, not necessarily in an arrogant way, but it, it was, it wasn't openly and outright arrogant, but it was arrogance, youthful arrogance. And I just thought, you know, if people would just do this and this would happen and it wasn't really love. And I can remember, uh, saying to, I was cutting a, one of the pastors at our church's hair and I was standing behind him and cutting his hair. And he, I said, uh, we were talking about a family or a situation that was a problem in the church. It was causing, you know, conflict. And I said, ministry would be so great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> and he said, really, Tracy, the people are my favorite part. <laughs> now, if you now, I just want to pause and say 26 year old me, I'm 49 today, 26 year old me. That's how I thought it was like, oh, I'm just trying to get these things in place and get good things happening. If it wasn't for all these people I'm serving, then I could serve the people well. It made no sense. It was totally ridiculous and immature. And I could feel my face turn beet red when he said, really, Tracy, my people are the favorite part because I felt like it was uh, was a real crack in my character that I was leading people and I wasn't loving them. And what does John say? If you don't love your people, you need to stop leading. And so I, for two, three years, really just prayed every day for God to help me. I'm a person of faith. Um, but I would just pray for God to give me a love for people three years. So that takes me to 29. That's, you know, 20 years ago. And I felt like it really, my heart started to really see people with a love and a care for them and wanting the best for them. And it was, and it came at a cost of like, it isn't just all of a sudden I loved people. It was a lot of difficult people and situations were brought into my path in those three years. Mm -hmm. And I felt like slowly my heart softened from being a problem solver to a people lover first, Mm -hmm. and then stepping in and helping them, you know, add value to their life, whatever that looked like, not coming with a prescription for them and identifying what their problem is before they've even told me and not identifying or caring about their heart and just handing them the solution. Instead, I kind of climbed into it with them. And that really, I don't know if it was maturity. It was my intention. It was a softening of my heart. It was over a process that now my kids will say, mom, I just don't love people. My daughters will say, I just don't love people the way you love them. How do you do it? And I said, oh, that's the beauty. It didn't come natural for me either. Mm-hmm. Start, start praying now. Start working on your heart now so that, that it will soften. But it, it does not come easily, and it is not something that I just stirred up in myself. It really came from working for, working for it, praying for it, intentionally choosing, because I believe love is a choice, intentionally choosing to care for them rather than to try to fix them. Mm -hmm. And that is such a great lesson because so many times people will say, well, I am trying, I'm trying to solve this with them. Right. 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 But but it is stepping backwards and, and really understanding what that means, what that love means. That's right. And everybody, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. That's the great thing about it is it's free. 
Yeah, and if it doesn't come naturally for you, then then do what it needs to be done for in your own way. Like for me, I'm a person of faith, so I prayed about it. I was intentional about it. If you're not somebody who's a prayer, just every day looking for opportunities to add value to people and look at life through their eyes, through their situation. Because when you climb into someone's shoes and really try to feel what they're feeling and try to understand where they're coming from and the situations in their life that have led them up to that moment and the skill set that they have and the tools that they had and the words that were spoken to them that were maybe hurtful and, and kind of closed them off to solutions because they believed in incorrect things about themselves, then, then you really start to have a compassion for like, I, I feel this with you mm-hmm. and that does, that hurts. You know, so i we even did, we had a, we have a great family therapist who when, you know, different times we had different struggles, you know, you talked, asked about struggles, different times where we had struggles in our family where I wasn't connecting with my kids. I wasn't hearing them. I wasn't, I, I couldn't break through to them. They couldn't hear me. And so we had this great family therapist who she would say to me, because I'm so solution-oriented, I don't like to stay in this flow for too much. I want to find the solution and move on. And that's not always the way that life works, <laughs> and that's certainly not the way that all people and personalities view situations like that. And I can remember her saying, Tracy, you just have to get comfortable with holding both the pain and understanding a solution will come, but sitting with both rather than trying to push away the pain to have the solution. Mm. It's okay to hold both at the same time. And she kind of had her two hands open and out in front of her. And that has been a visual that I have carried with me when I want to jump ahead and too quickly solve the problem or too quickly brush away the push away the the push and the pull of the pain, which Mm -hmm. there's so many learning lessons in that push Mm -hmm. and pull. Mm that I, I just, I have that visual in my head of it's okay to hold both and to sit in it with people for a little bit, not to wallow, but just to relate and be authentic with them and let them be open and honest. And then they become more solution oriented when they just feel like someone gets them and cares. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful gift to be able to give someone because not everybody has had that growing up. You know, I was blessed. I had great parents. I, they are still alive. They're, they're very, supportive and kind and loving and always gave me wonderful words of wisdom and advice and and cared for me and prayed for me and talked to me. But not, I understand fully, not everyone has that. So what, I don't think, ooh, lucky me that I got that. I think that's a responsibility that I got that, that I now turn around and give that to other people because not everybody had that growing up. And so, but I can bring that to other people Mm -hmm. and be that person who cares for them, who listens to them who give, offers them words of wisdom when they ask for it, keyword when they ask for it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, you, so. were, you as you said, you were designed for this. And, I, and, I, and so the encouraging part, you know, of this podcast is for people to be able to tune into their strengths, if they haven't, right, strengths finders and all these assessments that will show you if you haven't had that opportunity in your life, if you're 20 years old, if you're 21, you don't have to get a cassette. You can download John Maxwell's podcast today. You can learn Absolutely. all about him on the web. You can do these things, you know, if it's not John Maxwell, if it's Zig Ziglar, if it's Tony Robbins, you know, if it's something that you connect to, that's going to give you that power to believe in yourself to say, Absolutely. Oh, I can connect to people, right? I have a gift and you are stepping and you've lived your gift. And that's why you're really at this significance level because you have been able to recognize from the things you learned very early on, 
to say, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I'm just living, I'm stepping into it. Um, and so I applaud you for that because it's even though, well, even though you've had, you know, the six kids and, and you've been married for 29 years and you think so many things can change. If you're not oh, yeah. so focused on the end result, right? Your vision, your vision board, your vision for your family, your vision for your purpose in your life was to stay connected to that. And and so I want you, uh, many, many John Maxwell listeners uh, on this <laughs> podcast. So talk Love to that. me about the intimacy that you get to share with John Maxwell being the, the host and the MC for the Live to Lead. Well, it is truly a privilege, and there's times where I just pinch myself and think, how this is, this is so much fun. I just love having the proximity to John to really get a, for one to find, number one to find that he is in private, the same person that he is on a stage and on a podcast or in any kind of mentoring call. He, his integrity is all the way through and through, and it's very rare. I did a study on leaders and, uh, uh, several years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I just started reading books and watching life biographies and reading biographies and, and reading about people who had incredible, incredible gifts and they just did not finish well. There was some sort of failure, whether it would be moral or whatever, where there was a failure where they did not end well. And I love knowing, you know, getting to know John. He's mentored me personally since 2013. And I, um, and then he has invited me in to be a part of, which, um, you know, he says on stage often to be a part of his weight loss because, you know, he's had a heart attack. He had a heart attack when he was 51 years old. And so, you know, now at 72, he still is healthy, but because he travels, his weight goes up and down. That's just John's struggle. And so, um, to be able to be in and to allow the vulnerability that is just, I learn from him, not just in when he teaches, I learn from him when he just, the way that he lives, the way that he interacts, the way that he is authentic and vulnerable and honest. And uh, it just teaches me so much of how I want to be. But having this proximity to him has really just shown me, A, it is possible to go the distance and maintain your integrity and not, and to finish well, that the finish line is the last breath that you take and, and that you just keep going and going, who would guess at 72 uh, he would still be at the hi- he, at the height of his career. His impact and influence is global. I mean, he is meeting with we meet with presidents. I serve on his John Maxwell Leadership Foundation board, and we travel. I just spoke with him today, and we're heading to Costa Rica next next month. And we travel and we go and see. And he speaks before Congress, and then he would step outside of the Congress, walk across the street into the poorest, po- most poverty stricken area, and go out and touch people and listen to them and hold hold their shoulders and be so kind and caring and touching little children's faces and giving them words of encouragement. And so, you know, that, that he is doing that still all these years later when he says, you know, you don't, you don't retire from a calling. It just really teaches me, you know, boy, if you don't know your calling, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what's your call, what is your purpose? What is the calling? Your calling is what's the, what's the purpose, the call on your heart that draws you out to go and serve people in such a way that adds value to them. I, that is, that awakens me. I, ho- I hope it awakens you as you're listening to this, where you just think like, 
I'm made for more. And that's, I want to say that's not a bad thing to feel inside. I'm made for more. And when, and when you do that, the more is not more fa- I don't want fame. I don't want accolades. I want to be able to add to people. I want my life to make a difference in such a way that it enables and empowers someone else to, li- to, live, a, to live life on a different scale. And I think that's the biggest piece of John. Of I just love him, first of all, because he's so fatherly, but also because he just really is on the track to finish well. And that encourages me that I can finish well, too. And you are. You are. I, you know, I, I, when you were talking, I think about people that say, you know, if you're going to a career, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, you're in a profession. And your profession mm-hmm. is to not just go into work from 8 to 5, you're committed. You're committed to right. your patients. You're committed to your clients. No matter what's going on, you have to respond. And and so I think that's more talks to the purpose-driven life, you know, and the, yeah. and, and the profession of the heart, that you're going right. to be a servant leader, that you're going to look out for people. And everything that you do, it's kind of, it's like, this is my ticket. This is what I signed up for. This is what God designed me for. And this is how I'm going to achieve success. Yes, because think when you're when you're getting out of college or you're beginning your trade or your career, sixty retiring at sixty five just feels like oh oh my gosh that feels like a billion years away. It just it can feel kind of disheartening almost that it's so difficult to hang in there for all those years till I'm sixty five. It's getting but, closer for you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> no, Be quiet, Melanie. Quiet. Keep that down. That's our little secret. <laughs> but once you find something that really lights you up that, that you know, when my alarm many days I wake up before my alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. I, I wake up and turn off my alarm before it go before it even sounds because I can't wait to get into my day. I can't wait to make my bed, first of all, <laughs> and then get into my day. Get into I know I have appointments that day. And I I I'm praying over those appointments. Like I, I want may there there be a breakthrough in this conversation for them. May this be something that really helps them unlock themselves and and to get to be a part of that for somebody, you know, as a health and wellness coach a lot of, you know, and Tony Horton, the P90X guy is a very dear friend of mine. And I'm in some of his videos with him. I got to be one of the background people for that several years ago. And that was, that was very fun. But because of that, people tend to think that I love working out, that I'm a working out is my life. No, I feel like it's my responsibility to take care of this. Every experience that we have is in the body that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that I get to experience it to the fullest. And that means putting in a little bit of time, taking care of my body for at least 30 minutes a day, five or six days a week, trying to get in some walks on the weekend with my husband so we can walk and talk and we walk our dogs at night and I walk with, I love to have walking meetings just to try to incorporate movement into my day. Not because I love it necessarily, but I like how I feel and when I feel healthy and well. And that, that's what we call it finding your healthy formula. Every person has to find their own healthy formula. But for me, being healthy and fit and active means one day when I'm a grandma, and hopefully my son-in-law is listening, James, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm going to be a great grandma. So come on. Not great grandma, an awesome grandma. <laughs> but um, so I, you know, for me, I just want to live I kind of reverse engineer. So what I do is I imagine myself, I have this visual, this exercise that I do that I have people do. And that is imagine yourself sitting as an old 95 year old grandma and grandpa sitting out on the porch, 
and rocking on your chair. Picture the perfect place of where you want to live. For me, it's sitting on a rocking chair with my husband, but maybe it's something else. And think about what do you want to have experienced as you look out on your life? What do you want what do your relationships look like with your adult kids if you had children? What did your career look like? What did your volunteer life look like? What are the relationships that you had? What cool experiences did you experience? And then come back to who you are today and reverse engineer. Now, now you plan out and start today. You don't just one day you're going to experience that. You start taking steps starting today to make that so that's a part of your memory. If that means you have to restore a relationship and, you know, swallow your pride and apologize or forgive somebody, extend forgiveness to somebody that you've been withholding forgiveness, whatever that looks like, to begin taking steps towards creating truly a great life story. And a great life story has pain. A great life story has tension and frustration. I'm not saying uh, the perfect story. I'm saying a great story of overcoming, of facing it head on, of of intentionally tracking down and keeping solid, healthy relationships and with the people who matter to you and meeting new friends and experiencing new things so that when you get to that, that time, you have created the life that you, you ultimately would like to see yourself walk through. Mm. That is powerful because so many times we don't stop, right? We, we say, I can't wait until, I can't wait till this moment. I can't wait till that moment. We hurry oh, through yeah. life. And, yeah. and John even teaches us, right? Some people are dead. They just don't know it yet. They have turned That's 65. Right. They have stopped. They, they stopped yeah. working. They stopped living. They stopped everything because they're waiting for maybe 30 years till they get in that rocking chair but they're not going to have anything to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when John talks about global transformation. He says, may t- he le- his kind of catchphrase is, may transformation begin in me. Because transformation will not happen in our lives, even if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, that sounds great, but that's, those aren't the choices I've made up to today. May transformation begin in me. Say that to yourself. Because then that just means transformation of a life, of, a, of a, the whole lifestyle, a whole life process, a whole life story, all begins with a transformed mind. And so if you can allow your mindset to be transformed, to be changed, to allow yourself to see a bigger picture out of perhaps a little kind of locked mindset, if you, the only person that keeps people, you in your locked mindset is you. The only person who keeps me in a locked mindset is myself. I'm the one who holds the key. And we think other people hold it, people who have wronged us, people who have hurt us. And we've all been hurt and wronged and betrayed and had terrible wounds. I mean, you don't live to 50 and not have had that. Maybe several times over. Oh, no, we've all had it. It's not like I've lived a charmed life. I've not lived a charmed life. I have chosen to live the life that I choose for myself in spite of what happens to me. And that's part that all begins with a transformed mindset. And as a result of it, I walk out a transformed life, not because I'm it was given to me or because I'm more you know, I'm perfect and I, I, that just happened to me. No, it's because I intentionally choose that. I like to say, be relentless in pursuit of excellence. Mm. And I will not let something happen to me that's going to sideline me. Nothing, until I stop breathing, nothing is going to cut, sh- cut short my life with my permission. Mm. I love that. Be relentless in pursuit of excellence. That is a great mm. 
That is Isn't just it good? Great. <laughs> I love it's it great. too. Every time I hear it, I get the chills and inspired. <laughs> so, I'm a word person. Oh my gosh. Clearly. I love that. So I, I need you to be my coach. <laughs> so I can't let you go without talking about Beachbody and, yes. and kind of your role, what's going on, you know, what, what are the plans next? Tell us about that. Okay. Well, my plan, uh, my plan with Beachbody is I just love what I do. I, I did it for free for five years when there it wasn't even a network marketing company. I resisted going to network marketing because I just, I, the experiences I'd had with it, I had, I'd always been a part of some sort of a bait and switch kind of a thing. And so for me, it was, I came in very hesitantly and I just decided our CEO invited me. I was one of the founding coaches who he launched the network with and I, I just really love the process of helping people unlock and discover themselves. And, you know, one person might unlock, you know, things that have, that happen that are terrible in life, but they're, they, they haven't moved past, past it. Mm-hmm. Whether that was somebody, you know, food became their consolation, food became their reward, food became love when people let them down. And so going through the process, weight loss is not, People are not obese because they love Twinkies or ice cream. People are carrying around excess weight because they don't know how to to not do it. That was me. I had excess weight because I just didn't know how to eat healthy. So it educated me a little bit. But there are a lot of people who do it because food has become something other than sustenance. And so walking them through that process and supporting them as they get the help that they need and the tools that they need to take back their own health and control the one thing they can, and that is what they put in their mouth and whether or not they exercise. And as they start to do that, feel a little empowered in their life. So I love that. I'll continue to do that. I know Tony Horton, um, the P90X guy, he has uh, uh, he has started a new kind of gig with another company. And so, although I was sad to see him go from Beachbody, also I love him dearly. He's a very dear friend. And I got to introduce him last year to John. So imagine for me, it was just a little slice of heaven on earth to have John Maxwell and Tony Horton meeting and chatting. And I just stared at him like a such a proud child looking at like, oh my gosh, look at these two icons that are together talking. And so we're looking at maybe bringing something into the John Maxwell team Mm -hmm. to uh, partnership with Tony and John and myself, which could be really fun. And that is just a big part of leading of leadership is leading yourself first in the area of health and wellness. And so just talking about simple, again, simple, simple, simple. It's not some kind of fad diet or anything, but that really just learning, educating people, learning how to eat well, exercising regularly, incorporating it into your already busy schedule, but carving out time for you to make an appointment for yourself, keep that appointment with yourself and start to take back your health and wellness. That's exciting to me. That's so cool. And, but the thing is, so when we think about your journey, you have done this forever. And so you're stepping into your strengths Mm -hmm. and still saying, You know, maybe you don't know what's next, but you know the path. It's like it's going to include this because it's the strategies that I use. And so things will continue to open up. And and many times people say, well, I'm fearful. I don't know. You know, I have to have a plan. I I need to know exactly what that's going to look like before I do it. And, And so for leaders, you know, we say, 
hey, you know you have it built within you that things are going to happen and it's going to be purposeful. So experience That's it. Right. Step into it, right? right? Step into it. That's exactly right. Step into it. Step into it. And if the plan changes, what do we do? We leader shift. John's most recent book. Like we have to shift with it. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. When it becomes unhealthy for us is when we keep getting what John says, keep getting ready to get ready, is if we just keep trying to perfect the plan without ever stepping into it, like you say. And so step into it and expect that it's, it's going to change. So if you didn't get to do your workout today, but you get to walk, take a walk in the evening, that you rolled with it, you shifted, and you still took care of yourself and carved out that time for you. And so that's just a process, and anyone can do it. I just want to encourage you, anyone can do it, and you are worth it. You alone are worth it. You are worth it. I love, I love when John says, they're getting ready to get ready, but when are they going to be ready? Yeah. <laughs> they're never ready because they keep on getting ready to get ready. I love what he says. I love when he gets off on those tangents and he just says the same things over and over again. I just love him. It's awesome. So I, it is. I, I want you to talk to us about this year's Live to Lead because this podcast is going to release on October 6th. So it's going to be right before Live to Lead. Tell us what's going on for the Atlanta Live to Lead in 2019, the guest, and how excited you are about this. I am very excited. Yes, we have, um, we have Chris Hogan and we've got Rachel Hollis and I, the other guy, the Marcus, I always change it, miss, mess up his name. I'm going to remember it as soon as this is over, but he, they, isn't that terrible? <laughs> no, but that's not. why I take notes on stage. Cause I'll blow it. If I don't, I get so excited and caught up in the moment. I'm like, Marcus Wellingham or yes. whatever it is, <laughs> say the wrong name anyway. Um, and of course, John. And so I love that, um, we gather together in Atlanta. If you have never come, I highly recommend it. If you can't make it to Atlanta, do make it at least to, to a simulcast. But I, um, they, they are all popping up all over the country, all over, I mean, really the globe. They have, we have them in multiple countries. And so we gather together and we talk about leadership. And, you know, Rachel Hollis is a big ball of fire, and John has just recently started mentoring her a little bit in this last year. And she's, you know, she's a house of fire, that girl, I don't, if you don't know her. And so Chris Hogan, of course, is, you know, we've had Dave Ramsey before, but he's going to be bringing, uh, you know, his personal brand of the Dave Ramsey's method with finances and leadership with your money. And so people gather together and it is really, I I call it continuing education. You know, when people choose a career, they have to go back maybe to get their master's or their doctorate. And yet in leadership, I feel like any attending a live leadership event where you hear with from people who are the best in their field, and they're sharing openly what they've learned. There are no secrets. It's not like they're just sharing to motivate you and you walk away and you don't know what the heck to do. No, they share tips and tools and things that they've done and, and steps to take. So I always recommend people to go to those because it's like you're continuing education as a leader. Mm-hmm. Think of it as you're working to get your master's. And so you're going around these people. And John is amazing to bring his friends, the people who he has relationship with, and he brings them to us. I mean, he is so open. He doesn't keep him to himself and parade him around and show how fancy he is. But no, he takes those friendships and said, "Hey, will you come and share, come and share this with my friends?" Mm-hmm. And I love That's that huge. he does that. So we are in for a big treat. Oh, Angela Arents. Yes, Arents. Yeah. Arents. She's amazing. She is like probably the top. Um, 
top paid female CEO in the nation. She was from Burberry, and she's now in Apple. I got a chance to meet her when John interviewed her for the Global Leadership Summit in 2018. She is an incredible woman who has such a heart for the people that she leads. She's an incredible leader, so she's definitely somebody not to miss. So it's going to be a great time, and I can't recommend it enough. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm going for the fourth or fifth year, I think. <laughs> so I know. I, I can't wait to see you. I cannot wait to be there live. And if people, if you can get on the Live to Leave website, if you can go to Atlanta, it's an amazing experience um, at the, the uh, 12 Stones Church in, in Atlanta. And it's an amazing experience because it's so intimate. You know, you think, oh, there's going to be thousands of people there. But the experience that you lead, that you bring us into, and being simulcast all over the world. People are doing these separate conferences and and teaching leadership. And so it's great because you get to experience live. And then sometimes if you go back to your own communities, there'll be another event over the next six months that you can even say, hey, I would like to take a friend to this. I would like somebody else to learn about this. And so that's what I think I learn and take away from is the messages of leadership, like you said, and um, it's Marcus Buckingham. That's his name. Buckingham. That's his last name. <laughs> I know. What did I say? Wellington? Yeah. Darn it. That's okay. It's kind of it, close. There's two L's. No, that's not even close. This is the not prep show. Close. You know, it's not live. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't tell John, all of you. Thank you. That'll be our little secret on this podcast. Oh See, that's part of turning 50 is your brain just hiccups and you're like, uh, what's your name again? Yeah, that's it. Thankfully, I will. Hopefully, I won't do that. Pray for me that I don't do that on stage. Oy. Oh, gosh, Tracy. <laughs> well, we will definitely come. We're going to come see you. I'll come find you, give you a huge hug. And, um, I just, I'm so glad. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on Everyday Leaders because you are just the epitome, the 50 and 50 theme. And it, and it just goes with your whole essence of Tracy Morrow. And you're not the iced tea Tracy Morrow. So. You have so much more. Pretty cool. (laughs) You are pretty cool. That's right. So much influence. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Any last words taking away that we can look for at Live to Lead? Well, I do want to say Live to Lead is Live the Number Two Lead. So if you Google it, just look up Live the Number Two Lead, and it will it will be there. I guess the, the thing I would just want to end on is if somebody hasn't told you for a while that you you are worth it and you're worth it to put the time and energy and even finances in investing in you if it's been a lot of years if you're somebody who just stumbled on this podcast and you're like I think this message was for me isn't that just the way that it goes sometimes where you just stumble onto something and you're like wow, that's exactly where I'm at. It's never too late. You're never too old. If you're 70 years old listening to this, you still can begin to add value and, and re-engage and, and up the way that you live your life so that you can look back with pride and excitement. I mean, you know, I have a grandfather. He was an alcoholic until he was 72 years old. And one day he just decided he was going to go totally give it all up. And from 72 to 96, he lived engaging in his community and helping people and serving people. And he, they, I mean, they named a park in his honor because of that, how he lived from 72 
to 96 years old. And maybe, so, you know, we might, you might not be 72 years old, but you, and you might not be an alcoholic, but you might be somebody who's like, I've shelved myself. I've locked myself in and I'm holding my own key. Let yourself out because you do have something in you that other people will benefit from. And that will just light you up from the inside. So thank you for having me and letting me share a little bit. Oh, thank you. I love you. I cannot wait to see you and give you a huge hug and best of luck preparing for all of this. And we will see you in Atlanta. Tracy, thank you for being an everyday leader. Thank you, Melanie. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.